0: Today's podcast is, well, it's quite unlike any that I've made before. There isn't much to this one except my sharing with you the words of someone else. I do tell you about a contemporary minister and storyteller who taught me an important lesson. I tell you why I will apply that lesson to today's podcast, and ultimately I will read you a remarkable story all on the way to answering the question What was Mark Twain? Afraid to print? Welcome to the Sky Pilot podcast that explores questions of faith, spirituality, and religion. I'm Dan Matthews, and I don't have all the answers, but I do enjoy the questions. Welcome to the podcast where every question is an invitation into a spiritual quest, and you're invited along for the journey. A number of years ago, I asked. A friend named Charles Maynard, who happens to be a storyteller and a Methodist minister, to come and tell stories to my congregation. When I called him and asked him, he said, Oh, I'd love to, Dan, and I will, under one condition. I really wasn't expecting any conditions, so I remained quiet and waited for the answer, for whatever he was going to lay down as this mysterious condition. He said, if I come and tell stories for your church, you have to promise me one thing, and that is you won't say anything after I speak. Now, I knew he wasn't telling me that I couldn't stand up and thank people for coming or that I couldn't stand up and thank him after he was done. I knew immediately what he was saying. Evidently, he had spoken many places with a stirring and transformative story, only to have the local pastor get up and ruin the moment of learning. Ruin the story by trying to tell the congregation the meaning of importance of what they just heard. Charles wanted me to understand something very important. Dan, just let the story stand on its own. He did come and speak to our congregation, and he was amazing. And I thanked him. And I followed his advice and left his words, really left his story, to speak for itself. Today, I will share the story of perhaps the greatest storyteller our nation has ever produced. And I will promise you this. The end of the story will be the end of the podcast, for obvious reasons. His name was Samuel Langhorne Clemens, but we know him mostly through his pen name, Mark Twain. He was born and raised in Missouri and wrote two of the most iconic American novels Well, in our nation's history. He was an author and humorist who wrote what many people consider to be the greatest of all American novels. Faulkner himself called him the father of American literature. Samuel Clemens, Mark Twain to us, was a ferociously outspoken supporter of civil rights, the abolition of slavery, women's rights, the labor movement, all during a time in which, well, none of those were particularly popular nor trendy. He was more than an author and humorist. He was, in a very real sense, the courageous voice who spoke to America the truth The truth of who we could be. He was a prophet of his time. Not prophet as someone who tells the future. That's not really the biblical definition of prophet. But a prophet in the true sense, the true meaning of the word, is a person who's willing to speak the truth. And yet, here's the interesting part. In nineteen o five he wrote a book. Now it was not published until after his death, and not because he was still writing on this book or the editing was still in process, but because well, because he was afraid, pretty much anyone to whom he showed the book, family friends, publishers asked begged him not to publish it. His friend and illustrator at the time, Dan Beard, wondered if. Samuel Clemens, the Samuel Clemens he knew, would go ahead, thumb his nose at the world, and publish it anyway. And when he asked that of Clemens, he simply said, No, I've told the whole truth in that. And only dead men can tell the truth in this world. It can be published after I'm dead. It was written in 1905. He died in 1910. The story entitled The War Prayer was not published until 1923, and I'd like to share it with you now. It was a time of great and exalting excitement. The country was up in arms. The war was on. In every breast burned the holy fire of patriotism. On every hand and far down the receding and fading spread of roofs and balconies, a fluttering wilderness of flags flashed in the sun. Nightly, the packed mass meetings listened, panting to patriot oratory, which stirred the deepest deeps of their hearts, and which they interrupted at briefest intervals with cyclones of applause, the tears running down their cheeks the while. In the churches, the pastors preached devotion to the flag and country and invoked the God of battles, beseeching his aid in our good cause, in outpourings of fervid eloquence which moved every listener. Sunday morning came. Next day, the battalions would leave for the front. The church was filled. The volunteers were there. Their young faces alight with martial dreams. Visions of stern advance, the gathering momentum, the rushing charge, the flashing sabers, the fight of the foe, the tumult, the enveloping smoke, the fierce pursuit, the surrender. Then home from war, bronzed heroes, welcomed, adored, submerged in golden seas of glory. The service proceeded. A war chapter was read from the Old Testament. The first prayer was said. Then came the long prayer. None could remember the like of it for passionate pleading and moving and beautiful language. The burden of its supplication was that an ever-merciful and benignant father of us all would watch over our noble young soldiers and aid and comfort and encourage them In their patriotic work, an aged stranger entered and moved with slow and noiseless step up the main aisle, his eyes fixed upon the minister, his long body clothed in a robe that reached to his feet, his head bare, his white hair descending in a frothy cataract to his shoulders, his seamy face unnaturally pale, pale even to ghastliness he ascended to the preacher's side and stood there, waiting. The stranger touched his arm, motioned him to step aside, which the startled minister did, and he took his place. During some moments, he surveyed the spellbound audience with solemn eyes, in which burned an uncanny light. Then, in a deep voice, he said, I come from the throne, bearing a message from Almighty God. God's servant and yours has prayed his prayer. Has he paused and taken thought? Is it one prayer? No, it is two. One uttered and the other not. Both have reached the ear of him who heareth all supplications, the spoken and the unspoken, ponder this, keep it in mind. If you would beseech a blessing upon yourself, beware, lest, without intent, you invoke a curse upon a neighbor at the same time. If you pray for the blessing of rain upon your crop which needs it, by that act you are possibly praying for a curse upon some neighbor's crop which may not need rain And can be injured by it. You have heard your servant's prayer, the uttered part of it. I am commissioned of God to put into words the other part of it, that part which the pastor, and also you in your hearts, fervently prayed silently. And ignorantly and unthinkingly? God grant that it was so. You heard these words. Grant us the victory, O Lord our God. When you have prayed for victory, you have prayed for many unmentioned results, which follow victory, must follow it, cannot help but follow it. Upon the listening spirit of God fell also the unspoken part of the prayer. He commandeth me to put it into words. Listen. O Lord, our Father, our young patriots, idols of our heart, go forth in battle. Be thou near them. With them, in spirit, we also go forth from the sweet peace of our beloved firesides to smite the foe. O Lord, our God, help us to tear their soldiers to bloody shreds with our shells. Help us to cover their smiling fields with the pale forms of their patriot dead. Help us to drown the thunder of the guns with the shrieks of their wounded, writhing in pain. Help us to lay waste their humble homes with a hurricane of fire. Help us to wring the hearts of their unoffending widows with unavailing grief. Help us to turn them out, roofless, with little children to wander, unfriended, the wastes of their desolate land in rags and hunger and thirst, sports of the sun flames of summer and the icy winds of winter, broken in spirit, worn with travail, imploring thee for refuge of the grave, and denied it. For our sakes, who adore Thee, Lord, blast their hopes, blight their lives, protract their bitter pilgrimage, make heavy their steps, water their way with their tears, stain the white snow with the blood of their wounded feet. We ask it in the spirit of love, of Him who is the source of love and who is the ever-faithful refuge and friend of all who are sore beset, and seek his aid with humble and contrite hearts. Amen. Ye have prayed it. If ye still desire it, speak. The messenger of the Most High waits. It was believed afterward that the man was a lunatic. Because there was no sense in what he said That's all for today As always, if you'd like to get in touch with me My email address is Dan at skypilot.zone. Thanks for listening to SkyPilot FaithQuest I invite you to send me a question Or leave a review And remember the sign of a strong faith, solid religion, or healthy spiritual journey is not certainty, but that you keep asking questions.